Happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome into your Tuesday edition of Final Whistle. As always, I'm your host, Blaine Spencer. I've got another podcast coming out today, and we've got guests. I have John Squared, I have John Nativo, and John Caristi from Tied Up University. They cover college sports on their podcast. Nativo, why don't you give me a quick recap of what your podcast is about? And don't forget, we do have my helper, Joey Paps, on the podcast as well today. First off, thanks for having me on, Blaine. It's a, it's a real pleasure to be here. Um, and yeah, just a, a quick synopsis about Tied Up University. I mean, we, all, we uh, started off just talking about college football um, early on in uh, like the fall of 2020 when that season was going on. And then obviously that season ended, so we decided to dive into college basketball. And those are really our two main focuses, college football and college basketball, because those are the most dominant like sports that people watch for college. So that's pretty much all we talk about on our podcast. We just dive in deep and give our takes on games and players and whatnot. Sounds like loads of fun, John. I mean, it's great to have you guys on. It's a real pleasure. So we're going to focus today because you guys focus on college football and college basketball. We're going to jump in, dive into the tournament a little bit more. We're going to break down all four of these first four matchups, give our picks, and then we're going to jump into Friday's games as well, the morning and afternoon sessions, what games we're going to be looking at and keeping our eye on because you guys know. Final Whistle has an episode that comes out on Friday, so we'll, I will be breaking down Saturday's games on Friday. But let's start off with the major news and flip gears here and look at the NCAA Women's NCAA Tournament because there was some breaking news that broke. Gino Oriema, head coach of the number one overall seed UConn Huskies and the clear favorites to win the NCAA title, Tested positive for COVID-19 this week. He is going to be out. He has experienced no symptoms, but he's going to be out for a minimum of 10 to 14 days. John Nativo, I'm going to start with you. What does this effect of him testing positive hurt UConn or not at all? Or does this motivate them even more to get to the end here? So, I mean, UConn's a powerhouse year in and year out, and that's all because of Geno. This year, they only have one loss on the year, and they're led by their superstar freshman, Paige Bukers. And I, I know she, she won Big East Player of the Year. I, I mean, it's really hard to stop this UConn team. I mean, they win most of their games. You look at the score, so they're winning by 30, 40, 50 points here. So I think this will definitely motivate them. They'll definitely want to play for Gino. But, however, I mean, I know in college sports that coaching is one of the bigger aspects of the game. It has more of an impact on the game than people realize. But I still think that this UConn team has such, just loads of talent. It's going to be hard to see anyone stopping them. No doubt. Christy, what's your take? Um, yeah, I agree. Coaching is really a big thing in college sports. But I think once they get going, I think the first game without him will be tough. But once they find their rhythm, then they're not going to be able to get stopped, just like they've been doing all year. Paps, what's your take? Yeah, to feed off that, you know, UConn such a powerhouse. Um, obviously, they will miss him in that game. Uh, such a great coach. Just, um, but I just don't see. I'm looking at the bracket now. This is actually the first time I'm looking at, you know, the women's bracket. But I just don't see anyone on on their side, you know, to take them out. They, they should have an easy walk to the national championship on their end. So, with or without them, I think they're going to run right through. I agree. I think this is just going to motivate them a little bit more. 
It's looking like he'll be able to return around the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. Hopefully for UConn, it's the Sweet 16 games, just so like they can have a little bit more insight while he's on the court. But I think they shouldn't have any issues, again, looking at the bracket. UConn's got a very favorable bracket to make it all the way to the Final Four in the National Championship. This will just be an added motivation, and they will do just fine. But, gentlemen, let's switch some gears here, and let's start breaking down these first four games that are going to be coming out on Thursday. So, without further ado, here are the four matchups here. We have Norfolk State versus Appalachian State in the first matchup out of the West region. Then we're going to be looking at Wichita State Drake. Then it's Mount St. Mary's, Texas Southern, Michigan State, UCLA is the nightcap. And the final two games are out of the East region. Norfolk State, Appalachian State. Let's look at that one first. That's going to be the first one that's going to be coming out on True TV. Norfolk State, 16 and 7, 8 and 4 out of the MIAC. They were automatic bid, ended up winning the tournament. It did help for them that one of their games that they advanced on was due to the opponent testing positive for COVID, and that moved them into the championship game. Devontae Carter is their best player. He leads the team in minutes, points, rebounds, and assists. It's going to be interesting to see where they have a high-flying offense against the vaunted defense at Appalachian State wins, has winning four games in four days in the Sun Belt going 17-11. and 11. They were under 500 in conference, but their nuance is their defense and their free throw shooting. They led the Sun Belt in free throw shooting as a percentage, as well as having a vaunted defense turning over teams every nine possessions. So, Karisti, I'm going to start with you. Break down that first matchup for us, and what do you see is going to happen? I mean, the winner gets Gonzaga, so it's almost a lose-lose situation, but you get to say you won a game in the NCAA tournament. Um, so, but at, we'll start off with at state. They're more of like, um, they're just kind of like a let it, let it fly type of team. They love to shoot the three. So I think that will favor them in this matchup. Norfolk is not really a good team of defending the three. So again, I think that favors at state in this one. They played really good versus coastal in their, um, conference tourney. I watched that game. It looked really good. So I'll take app state here. Nativo, you agree? We got one on app state. Yeah, no, I have to agree with Carisi. I mean, like you said, Appalachian State is a great three-point shooting team. And, and like you said before, they're great from the free throw line. And I think Norfolk is, is going to have trouble stopping that. So I see them winning this game too. Excellent. Paps? Yeah, definitely agree there. Uh, you know, I'm just looking at the spread here. Minus three, App State. Um, you know, I think they have the edge. They've won their last uh, four games, like you'd said. Uh, you know, being a three-point shooting team uh, – you know, especially late in the postseason, uh, definitely helps out. So um, I'm going to go App State, and I'll take the minus three on that too. Wow, I'm going to be on an island here because I'm taking Norfolk State. And when it's in tourney time, you need to have that one dude that can go win you a game, especially when it's crunch time. And Norfolk State has that with Devontae Carter. Again, as I mentioned, he led the team in minutes, points, rebounds, assists. He can literally do it all for them. If they want to win, he's got to probably have 28 and six would be my guess. 20 points, eight boards, six assists. I think they're going to be able to do that. Again, it's going to be really interesting to see. They're averaging 75 points a game. If Norfolk State can control the tempo and make it a run and gun type of game and force Appalachian State to run with them and make it more transition basketball, they got a really good shot here. 
I think Norfolk State will do just enough. And Appalachian State, I mean, before they went on this crazy Sun Belt run, they had lost set six of their last seven games. And I just – that's just too inconsistent for me, so I'm taking Norfolk. So I'll be the one on the island taking them plus two and a half and taking that extra money, taking them on the money line. Pat, so let's start off with the next matchup. We got Wichita State and Drake, two non-Power 5 teams. We talked about this matchup a little bit with Darnell Brody, Seton Hall guy. I know Karisti and Nativa are Seton Hall guys as well, so always like to throw our Seton Hall shout-outs in. And Wichita State was surprisingly upset by Cincinnati in the AAC tournament, leading to them to be moved into this first four game. What do you see here? Yeah, um, yeah, I know we mentioned this game, uh, former Seton Hall player, Donald Brody. So I know we'll be, we'll be looking out for him and what, what he, he'll be doing here in the, his debut in the, well, not really debut. He, did he make it with Seton Hall? I don't know. Uh, he, I think he sat on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, I really like Drake up against Wichita state. Um, Drake finished second in their conference. Um, no spread here. Uh, so you know, I really like Drake over Wichita State. Haven't heard much about Wichita State this year. Um, and like you said, they just lost to Cincinnati uh, their last game, who was 12 and 10 on the year. So I'm going to go Drake over Wichita State in this one. I see. Karisti, what about you? What do you got here? Yeah, I'm going to tag along and take Drake in this one. They were, I mean, people, uh, some people forget they were undefeated. They were, what were they, 20, like 16 and 0, something like that. They looked yeah, really sharp. 18 and 0, they started out. Yeah. Yeah. They looked really sharp. Then they fell apart for a bit. And then now I feel like they're getting back in their groove again. Um, that Wichita Cincinnati game, Wichita really fell apart at the end of the game there. They went down huge, came all the way back, and then just couldn't close it out. So I'll take Drake in this one. Nativo, we got two Drakes here. Are you st- sticking with it or are you going the other way? Yeah. So, I mean, like uh, Christy said, uh, Drake did start the year 18 and 0, but. But since then, they've been seven and four, and that includes two losses to another tournament team, Loyola Chicago. And these are the types of teams they're going to be playing. Whereas Wichita State had a really solid regular season, and they were actually first in the American Athletic Conference. They actually were on top of Houston, who is the number two seed in, in the NCAA tournament. And they also beat Houston a couple weeks back by three points. So I think Wichita State has the advantage in this game. Nativo, I'm right there with you. I'm taking the Shockers in this one just because you don't know what to get out of Drake. They're a lot of a mixed bag, and especially from the Missouri Valley Conference, you could see the mixed bag of games playing a lot of tight games, even though they were 18-0. None of those games are really overly convincing when they're in that 18-0 run. And then, as you said, they were 7-4 and four down the stretch. Loyola Chicago really exposed them a couple times, especially in the – Missouri Valley Conference game, as well as in a regular season matchup where they absolutely obliterated Drake by like 25, 30 points. And I'm going to roll with Wichita again. As you said, first in the AAC, they have that win over Houston. I mean, they didn't play well against quad one teams, but they were extremely good against the quad two and the quad three. Other than that one loss to Cincinnati, they were six and one against those two other teams. I think that's this that loss in the semifinals is really going to motivate them. So I'm going to take the Shockers as well here. So we had two for Wichita, two for Drake. And then in the first matchup, we had myself only going for Norfolk and the other three going for App State. Let's move on now to the East region. 
that we're going to be looking at. It's Mount St. Mary's versus Texas Southern, another 16 matchup. These guys will get the beauty of playing the Michigan Wolverines if they're able to move on. Nativa, I'm going to start with you here. What do we see? Mount St. Mary's versus Texas Southern. Yeah, so if I'm not mistaken, I think both teams really started off the season really slow and they, they were able to gain momentum down the stretch. But I, I just think that uh, Texas Southern will win. That They have a great rebounding team, and especially on the offensive side, they get a lot of offensive rebounds. And I think that will play a huge part in this game and help them win. There we got one for Texas Southern. Caristi, what do you have? Uh, I'm going to go with Mount St. Mary's. Both of these teams seem to make it these playing games pretty often. I think both of them have been in the tournament a couple times the past couple of years. But um, Mount St. Mary's, they, yeah, they're also a good rebounding team. They play a really good defensive game. They're only allowing like 60 points a game. So I think in the end, they'll be able to slow down Texas Southern. I like that. And Paps, what do you have here? Yeah, um, you know, I couldn't agree with that more. Um, both teams, obviously, you know, they get that playing game. Uh, you see them pop up year in and year out. I'm going to go with Mount St. Mary uh, on this one. They they won their last four on the season, but so did uh, – actually, Texas Southern had won their last five on the season. But I think Mount St. Mary will have the edge. A good rebounding team, so uh, I'm going to agree with uh, Christy on this one. Yep, I'm going to ride on Mount St. Mary's as well. And I think it's not more or less just because of – it's interesting to see Texas Southern, they led the SWAC in field goal percentage, but they were dead last in three-point percentage. So if you can clog the paint on Texas Southern, and Mount St. Mary's usually has a very good defense coming out of the NEC. So I'm going to lean with Mount St. Mary's there. I just think that the pace of play is going to be a real indicator. Texas Southern likes to go up and down the court. While Mount St. Mary's is number hundred, number 356 out of 357 in pace of play, which means they milk every second of that shot clock. So I think they're going to control the tempo of the game, and I think that's to Mount St. Mary's advantage. Texas Southern is not going to be able to take as many shots, even though they're a really good rebounding team, but they are not great from that three-point line. If you clog the paint, you can stop Texas Southern. So I'm going to lean Mount St. Mary's as well. So let's go to the nightcap, which was definitely the matchup of the night and the matchup that everyone was surprised to see. We had Michigan State versus UCLA. UCLA, we most people thought were solidly into the tournament. They had been struggling. They've lost four in a row now heading in, which dropped them into that first four game. And then Michigan State, we really thought after beating Michigan last week that they were really just solidly into the tournament. Then you lose to Maryland in the first round of the Big Ten, and then they get the first four game. Here, the winner gets BYU. And for me, personally, I've been saying this a lot on my show, and I said this on Sunday night, that whoever wins this game gets the opportunity of probably moving on because I am not sold on the BYU Cougars. So, Paps, I want to start with you. This is the matchup. that This is where you get your popcorn ready with two pristine basketball programs. What do you got? Yeah, uh, I know we spoke about this on Sunday. You know, this is just the game to watch. Um, you did mention that UCLA had lost their last four. You know, I'm not sold on them. They started off the season really well, but just have not been playing well of late. And, you know, that that's a factor, especially in the postseason. Um, you know, I really liked Michigan State and their energy they brought against that game 
where they won over Michigan. And I'm going to go Michigan State here. Um, and like you had mentioned, you weren't sold on BYU. I could definitely see Michigan State winning against UCLA and then moving on past BYU in this tournament. Absolutely. Nativa, what do you have? Yeah, so, I mean, this is probably the one of the most anticipated uh, playing matches in, in most recent memory. And uh, I think it's going to be a great matchup. But, but uh, I'm going to have to go with Michigan State here. I think just – I mean, they play in a tough Big Ten conference, and we've seen them in the past month beat number two Illinois, number four Ohio State, and number two Michigan when they played them. And also early in the season beat number six Duke. I think they just have – I think they played better. They played better teams than UCLA has this season, and I think they'll win in this matchup too. And like you said, when they go on to play BYU, I think they'll win that game too. Christy, what do you have? Um, yeah, I agree with everyone. I'm going to Michigan State here, and I do think they'll beat BYU too. This UCLA team is probably a top five coldest team coming into the tournament. They've lost their last four games, seven of the last 12. So, I mean, give me Izzo in March. Absolutely. And now that I'm also riding with the Spartans, I mean, so all sports betters out there, you better go take your money on UCLA because all four of us have taken Michigan State. So, but for me, again, as you guys have all mentioned it, they've lost four in a row. Those four games, USC, Colorado, and Oregon, the top three teams in the Pac-12. And then the Oregon State was the fourth one in the first round of the Pac-12 tournament and Oregon State went on to win the whole thing. So they lost to all four of the other Pac-12 tournament teams, but they are just trending in the wrong direction. Their shooting has been absolutely awful. And they've owned, they haven't even been able to hit, like, any shots. They've been especially bad from the three-point line. And then for Michigan State, you have really seen them grow since Tom Izzo has given Rocket Watts the, the keys to the offense. Aaron Henry has become that dude. And as you guys have mentioned, they beat Michigan. They beat Duke. They beat Ohio State. They beat Illinois. You have three out of the top five teams in the country right now is on the resume of the Spartans. But the only reason they got dropped is because they also played poorly against those lower end Big Ten squads. Very interesting to see. Again, as we mentioned, here are our first four picks. We have myself taking Norfolk State while we have the other three taking App State. We actually had a draw here, two going Wichita, two going Drake. Nativo's out on an island taking Texas Southern by himself. And then we're clean sweeping Michigan State, which is a sports better's nightmare, which means everyone's taking UCLA on the money to end up making some money off of us. Let's jump now to Friday's games. As I mentioned earlier, I will be having a podcast come out on Friday, so I'll be breaking down Saturday's games. So let's look at the morning session first here and see what is the main games that we're going to be looking at out of the morning and afternoon session. Karisti, let me start with you. What are the games out of right here on the morning and afternoon session that you really want to watch? Um, that first game, Florida, Virginia Tech. I think that's the money game. That's two teams that are like, I mean, they're both good teams. They're lower seeds. Uh, Florida, obviously, in the beginning of the year, they had that whole thing with um, one of their better players when he went down was in a coma for a while. So I think they have more of a chip on their shoulder kind of playing for him. Like, let's get this win for him, but I'm going to go with Virginia Tech in this one. Nice. Paps, is there a game that you see that you really want to watch? 
Yeah, I think it's that first one as well, that Florida-Virginia game. You know, um, I could see an upset Virginia Tech winning over Florida in this one. Um, that's one of the games I have my eye on just due to, you know, it'll it'll come down to the wire, I think. I don't think it'll be a Florida blowout. Uh, I think it just comes down to the last minute and prob- probably like a two- or three-point game max. And I'm going to... I'm going to go Virginia Tech over Florida. I, I love the upset there. Nice. Nativo, what's the game here that you're watching? Yeah, so I'm actually going to go with the Loyola-Chicago game versus Georgia Tech. I mean, these are two teams that a lot of people overlook. And, I mean, Georgia Tech just won the ACC tournament, which took many people by surprise. I mean, I mean, they have their ACC player of the year, uh, Moses Wright, on the team. And I, they have a pretty good offense, too. I mean, we saw that in the tournament. And then you have uh, Loyola Chicago who made that miraculous uh, final four run uh, just years ago. And they still have, um, they still have Cameron Krutwig who was on that team and he leads a, he leads a team in pretty much all categories, points, rebounds, assists, and blocks. So I think it'll be a really good matchup to see, but I think the Ramblers are going to win this one. I like all those games. I mean, Georgia Tech and Loyola, if you listened on Sunday, those were the two teams that I actually had flying under the radar. And then you got screwed by you're going to be playing Illinois in that next round for the round of 32. And then that Virginia Tech-Florida game, a lot of people see the Hokies making it, make, winning that game and being one of the, the first upset of a double-digit seed. But I'm going to go somewhere else here. Paps knows this pick. It is Colgate versus Arkansas because I have Colgate – Taking down the Razorbacks, being the only 14 seed to take down a three in this tournament. Why Jordan Burns, plain and simple. Man is averaging 17 and five. People have been trying to get get him to transfer out of his league for a while now because he is a dude. He is a baller down the stretch. And this game is going to be an absolute scoring frenzy. This game will be in the 80s. It'll probably be something ridiculous like 84 to 80. Colgate will sneak it out. That's one of my big upsets that I have in my bracket. So that's why that's the game I really want to see because I want to be validated because if I don't, I'm already done with my bracket challenge and it's already a wrap for me. So, all right, let's transition now to the afternoon section. Here we go, the afternoon evening session anyway. Nativo, what do you see here that you're like, wow, need to watch? Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of good games here, but – I'm going to have to go with the Rutgers-Clemson game. I mean, I think that's going to be a really good matchup, and Rutgers hasn't played a tournament game in, in over 30 years, so I think putting their names back on the map will be really good. I mean, they've had, they, had a really, they had a really good season in the Big Ten, but also they're, playing, they're going up against the Clemson Tigers, who are probably one of the better defensive teams in the entire nation, but they're not really good at shooting, so it'll be interesting to see that matchup. But I think Rutgers will be able to pull it out. No doubt. Paps? Yeah, I was going to go Rutgers-Clemson. I did talk a lot about that on Sunday, but one that's really um, catching my eye here is the Winthrop-Villanova game. I could see another upset. Uh, Villanova without Colin Gillespie. I mean, that that's just like the whole team right there. And just seeing Villanova the last uh, few games without him, there's a big difference on the court. Um, you know, I don't think they're all there. Jay Wright, obviously such a great coach. He may figure out a way um, to skip by another round, but I don't see Villanova going far. And this is another upset uh, I could definitely see, especially with Gillespie out. 
Christy, what's the game you want to watch? Uh, yeah, I'm going to tag along with Tivo and do Rutgers Clemson. I really like the spot for Rutgers. I can really see them winning at least this game and even the next game versus Houston, most likely. Um, this Clemson team, I don't think they're that good. They just got beat by Miami in the ACC tourney. And, or not in the, um, yeah, in the ACC tourney. But um, this Rutgers team, Geo Baker, I really think he could lead them down the way and maybe get two games out of this. Yeah, a lot of people think the Scarlet Knights can be a Sweet 16 team, especially with having Houston being that two seed, probably being on the, the lowest uh, lower the lowest two on the two line. For me, I know I perhaps took my upset that I was going to go with with Winthrop because I'm taking Winthrop there. But I think the game to really watch is what you're going to see is in the Syracuse-San Diego State game. You have the Orange. They were coming in, playing well, good basketball. I mean, they were coming off of a loss on a buzzer beater to Virginia, which – I mean, which is heartbreaking in their own right. And then you have the San Diego State Aztecs that they're always there. It makes it doesn't matter who's the head coach for them, and especially in the last 15, 20 years. They are right there in the tournament. They're usually a good bet for a Sweet 16 run. I think they, their side of the bracket really has an opportunity for them there. So I want to see what you're going to get, especially when Buddy Bayham is playing out of his mind for the Qs playing for his dad. And so it's going to be really interesting to see. And San Diego State, how are they going to be able to attack that 2-3 zone? So those are the matchups you guys want to be checking out on Friday. So, but without further ado, Nativo and Caristi, before I let you guys go and we wrap this up today, I want to see and hear your final four and who is cutting down the nets in Indianapolis. Nativo, I will start with you. Give me your final four and give me your champion. All right. So after I filled out like probably three or four brackets by now, I did a lot of tinkering. But the last one I did had Texas Tech coming out of the South region, Illinois coming out of the Midwest, Bama out of the East, and Kansas out of the West. I, I mean, obviously, there's all great Wait, schools. Wait, hold, hold, hold on. Before you continue. You just don't – you just took – you said Gonzaga's out. Gonzaga yeah, is not have, in the Final Four. Are they losing to Kansas? They're losing to Kansas in the Elite Eight. I have them matching up, and I think that Kansas, who have been playing really hot lately, I mean, the only reason why they couldn't – they didn't go to the Big 12 championship is because of COVID. And I think – I don't know. I mean, I just think they have – they've had a lot of momentum. They had a really poor start to the season. And I don't know. I don't know. I think the Zags have to slip up somewhere. I don't think they're going to go undefeated all the way. So that's why I picked Kansas. But I have them losing to Bama in the final four because I think this Bama's team has been playing out of their mind all year. And then they'll face off, they'll face off at Illinois in, in the championship. But I have Illinois winning the whole thing. The fighting Illini is John Nativo's champion. Caristi, let me hear yours. So I also have Illinois making it out of that Midwest bracket. In the East, I actually have Texas. Uh, I don't think this Michigan team is going to be that good without Livers. I can see them going out early. And I can see this Texas team taking down Bama in that Sweet 16 game. Uh, in the West, I'm going to go Gonzaga. I think this team is just different than that normal Gonzaga team that people always say, like Gonzaga chokes. They don't play anyone once they get to the tournament. Uh, this Gonzaga team played Iowa early year. They blew them out. They played uh, they all played... three of the top seeds in their own region and beat them yeah. convincingly. Yeah, that and then that last BYU game, uh, they went down big early. They still ended up winning by double digits. Uh, 
So I think that just shows how powerful they are. Jalen Suggs, lottery pick. I could see them doing something. So I have Zaga beating Texas to go to the championship. And I got Illinois beating Texas Tech, actually. And then I have Illinois beating Gonzaga in the championship. All right, we got two for the Illini. I know if you guys didn't listen on Sunday, Paps and I both took the Zags. I actually have Illinois out in the Elite Eight. I have West called Mr. Huggins Press Virginia in my Final Four. But I think that's unique to see. All right, Nativo, tell me where you could check every everything out about Tied Up University so my followers can go check you guys out. So you can uh, check up Tied Up University. I mean, we, we post our podcast to um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And you can also check us out on uh, tiedupentertainment.com, the website. We have our own section there. You can also see blogs from us as well. And then also follow us, or follow us on on Instagram at Tied Up University and TikTok, we're Tied Up Entertainment. We'll, a bunch of our clips are there. And then also on the YouTube Tied Up Entertainment, you'll see all of our podcast videos on there as well. Thank you, sir. If you guys haven't yet, go check them out. Tied Up University, John Nativo and John Caristi, as well as Mike Liner. Mike could not make it today, but that's okay. But go check the three of them out. They're doing great work over there. That was your Tuesday edition of Final Whistle. Go enjoy the madness that is March. We will not be sleeping till May. Good night, everyone.